Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah, chapter 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the, ev and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets, who prophesy lies, and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot the name of Baal? Let the prophet who has a dream take the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has a straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord? It is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. I invite you to look in your bulletin for the catechetical review. The first commandment. You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear and love and trust in God above all things. The second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. The third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching in his word. The second reading is from Acts chapter 20. Paul said, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my depart departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the whole word of his grace, which is able to build you up 
and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I covet no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They, they embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. To your Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Boy, it's great singing that hymn. Please be seated. Thy strong word. Shaking the rafters. Sometimes that's all we need to do is sing hymns. There's the sermon right there. We're singing God's word right back to him. Well, um, as many of you know, I, I served in the Army way back when, my first career. And... Uh, when I was a young soldier in the Army, one of the skills I had to learn to be proficient with, and some of you that are in here this morning can relate to this, we had to learn to read maps very carefully. Um, I, had to, I had to, it was land navigation, and so I had to read maps. There were tools that we used for this. One of the tools was um, that we used protractors, we used a compass, and we would use these tools with the map to plot courses and things like that. Well, this was really important because um, if you were, especially when you were out, out here where you can easily uh, depict landmarks here in South Dakota, but if you're in a place uh, where you're in dense, a dense wooded area and you can't necessarily see landmarks, 
it's important that you plot your courses very, very carefully. This matters because if you're just a few degrees off on a compass, in the short term it may not matter that much, but over the long term it makes a big difference because the further and further you get towards what you think is your objective, the further off you can be. Well, when we look at our text today for this Sunday, the eighth Sunday, that is, after Holy Trinity, they all have to do with false teaching. And I'll make the connection here with the compass later on. But in Acts, Paul is concerned here in the reading that we heard this morning with the care taken with the flock after his departure because he knows, he says, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock he says, and they speak twisted things, not speaking the truth. We heard it in the prophet Jeremiah this morning, in, in Jeremiah chapter 23, where he rebukes the false teachers that were found in his time. The ones, he says, were filling the people with vain hopes. God's words through the prophet Jeremiah God says this, they speak visions of their own minds of these prophets and from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster will come upon you. The Lord says, I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. Finally, in our gospel text in Matthew 7, Jesus says to beware of false prophets. And it's interesting that we find this here towards the end of his sermon on the mount. And Paul had used almost the same language to describe what Jesus is saying here, that these false prophets come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Every tree, every, so every healthy tree that bear, bear, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So I began my sermon today by talking about compasses. You may be wondering the connection I'm trying to make here. Well, false teaching and false doctrine to me are like the little ticks on a compass. And some of those teachings that, those, that we hear, some of those things that they say may not matter so much in the short term, but over the long term, they get us further and further off course. That is further away from the truth of God's word. Now, this is certainly the characteristic of some of the false teachers of our time, certainly of the past. There are some false teachers from our time and from certainly the 20th century that some of the things that we hear them say are obvious. If you just think of all of the ones, and there, there's a myriad of them, the ones who have predicted over the last century that when Christ was going to return. Many of them would say something to the effect that 
God told me this or that. God told me that he's going to return on such and such a date. Or most recently, there were those internet prophets who had predicted that a certain person would be elected president or re-elected president. Take your pick. And none of them came true. The Bible tells us, first and foremost, that one of the signs of a false prophet is when he is predicting things and whether they come true or not. Well, if it doesn't come true, then he is a false prophet. And unfortunately, as Jesus says here in the gospel, that many of these false prophets, these false teachers, are doing these things in his name. Well, the list goes on. There's countless others who scammed many into believing that they were faith healers, for example, in the 20th century, only to find out in the end that the whole thing was a lie. And we know them by their fruits. Their fruits of these disease trees of false prophets are nothing but lies and deception. Well, what the Apostle Paul warns the church in Ephesus about here in Acts today is still a warning for us, dear saints. Because it's really in our sinful nature to want to have our ears tickled. Sometimes we like to hear the kind of gospel that we want to hear. Some of us, there are times we don't want to be confronted by our sins. We don't want to hear the law. Because what this really boils down to is because of our old Adam, we would still like to be our own gods. We can decide how much Christianity is enough and what this Christianity should therefore look like for us. And as I said, these things can be very subtle. Sometimes you may hear something read, you may read something or hear something somewhere that makes you perk up a little bit and you make you question the Bible perhaps and its teachings and doctrines. We've heard this mantra, especially in our time, God is love. Part of that we would agree with, but what is really packed behind this, what they're really saying is that we don't want to deal with sin. We want to have our own way. We want to live how we want to. We want to make the kind of God we want. This is what sin does. This is what the God of this world would have us all believe, that you can do whatever you want, call yourself whatever you want. After all, God didn't really mean what you read in the Bible. On the pulpit underneath this pyramid, right here on this desk, um, there, there is something inscribed here to remind anyone who stands up here, including myself, as a proclaimer of God's word, the great responsibility that there is with this. And the verse says this, Sir, we wish to see Jesus, from John 12, 21. As I've said before, and I'll say again, I cannot preach to you anything else but Christ and him crucified for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Now there's a lot in that sentence right there. And many today have completely distorted and twisted it into something else that has an entirely different meaning. Their own meaning and interpretation. It's not God's word that I get to subject to my own interpretation. 
I don't get to stand up here and like the prophets in Jeremiah's time say to you, it's all fine, don't worry, this really isn't what God's word says. After all, it's subject to interpretation. Your truth may not be my truth and vice versa. Well, that's nothing but another lie from the greatest false prophet, the devil himself. Dear saints, one of the things you hear consistently from both of your pastors is to remain in God's word. We encourage you to read your Bible regularly, to study the catechism, to be faithful in church attendance, in word and sacrament. Now, all of those things will not save us. But what they will do is to help to keep us pointed in the direction towards the objective, and that is in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of our sins. And it's important for you to be in his word for other reasons. If you should hear someone preaching from this pulpit something contrary to the pure teaching of the word of God, you must hold them accountable. We must be able to discern between truth and lies. You do this because as you stay in God's word, you will then be able to recognize the wolves when they come along in sheep's clothing that would so easily entice you into believe something else, a false gospel. The false prophets of today are numerous. And this is really no different than even when we look at throughout the history of the church and certainly at the time of Luther. There were plenty who were already distorting the pure teaching that he had brought them back to into something completely different. And so in another way, the false teaching has to do with making you believe that there is something that you must still do to achieve your salvation. Well, if we could save ourselves in some way, then there's, there's no reason for Christ to have died. And we find this kind of thought in all the religions of the world, that there's always something you must do. And unfortunately, there are those, even in circles in Christianity, that would have us believe that it wasn't enough for you to be justified in Christ alone for his sake. There's something else. And they bear fruit in keeping with the lies of the devil and his deceptions and these compasses pointing us in that direction. Well, dear saints, the church must remain vigilant in these times. Beware of the wolves in sheep's clothing. When you are enticed, when you're lured by the false narrative of this world and the lies that go with it, repent. And know that when you repent, you are forgiven. God has given you his Holy Spirit for you to discern between what is truth and what is error. He gives you this in the promise of his word for you. Here's the good news. We are baptized, forgiven saints of God. Jesus came down, took on flesh, so that you and I could have the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. This is the pure doctrine. This is Jesus for you. You see Jesus when you hear again that you have been absolved of all your sins. You see Jesus when you hear him proclaimed from this pulpit. You see Jesus in your baptism. You see Jesus in the Holy Supper where he promises the forgiveness of your sins in, with, and under the bread and wine. 
always pointing and directing you to the Savior. This is the clear teaching and proclamation of His Word, and anything outside of this is false and nothing but lies. Rejoice in the hope and joy that you have through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.